0: to us. Glad you're here today. I'm excited uh, this morning. I want to welcome you if this is your first time with us. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, if you're joining us online, always glad that you choose to join uh, to join in and be a part of what's going on here uh, today. A couple things, a couple housekeeping things before the message. Uh, one is, uh, and I apologize if you're new here today, don't have time to explain it, but if you've been around, we're getting ready to vote today uh, for a name change to Inspire Church and a vote yes uh, means that you're in favor of uh, that name change and a vote no means you're not in favor of that it's as simple as that we want everyone to vote So whether uh, you're a member of the church or not Or you're all in or or not Or you said count me in last week or whatever Joined in that department um, We want everyone to vote So there's ballots for uh, both Um, There's a yellow ballot, a white ballot We care about each and every one of you We want to hear from you So I hope you'll do that afterwards I'll I'll share more about compassion Today's Compassion Sunday I'll share more about some of that in the message this morning Um, Certainly we have some opportunities um, to, uh, to join our our church that you guys are we're already doing a lot of good things, one hundred and four kids are sponsored from this church right here, compassion kids sponsored in Rio bomba, Ecuador, great job church, keep up the good work, and some of you might want to join us or some of you might want to add kids and yeah, you can clap for that too. Um, so we're excited, I'll be sharing a little bit more about that in a minute Well, we're kind of on this Inspire thing since we've been talking about it And uh, Marvin Mitchelstetter in our first service, He's I don't know if he's in his 80s or whatever He's a really cool guy, best dressed guy in the church, without a doubt, just to the T uh, He sent me a text this last week which is always impressive when those, you know, my dad still has a flip phone, so he can't, he can't text. So, um, But uh, he sent me a text, and he was watching some show, and it said, Inspire Dance Studio. Uh, we're not going to be a dance studio, but we are, uh, Lord willing, moving to Inspire. My daughter, Reagan, in Florida, said, Dad, since you mentioned this uh, uh, several weeks ago to me, um, I see Inspire everywhere. It just seems like everywhere I turn around and look, I see Inspire Kind of like my new car. When I, when I bought my car, she said, I thought I was the only one that had it. And as soon as I had it, everyone else had a little Chevy Spark. Well, everybody's getting a Chevy Spark now because it runs on squirrels. And as high as gas is in the inflation, uh, you need something that's cheaper. But anyway, it's just kind of that way. We want, we, that's the point. We want you to see inspire everyone. Uh, we want you to see inspire everywhere. And we want you to inspire everywhere. So today, uh, let me start off by saying this Look for inspiration so you can be an inspiration And you don't have to go far to look for inspiration In my neighborhood, there's this couple uh, Sweet couple And I don't know much of their story But Jana McClarty, who's in a part of our church She's my neighbor She's got to know their story a little bit better This older guy I don't know if they've been married 50 years or whatever Um, They're an old couple He pushes her every day in a wheelchair Unless it's raining or it's just super cold He's pushing her in a wheelchair She's had Alzheimer's for the last 10 years and I'm inspired. That's that's an inspiring love story there. I mean, we celebrate weddings, and, and we should. I mean we should do that. But you know what's inspiring? When someone's stuck with it, thick and thin, for better or worse, richer for poor. And you don't have to go far to look for inspiration. Can I offer a suggestion today that you don't have to go very far for looking for inspiration? Start with the Word of God. Start with God's Word. The Apostle Paul said to a young Timothy, All Scripture is inspired. Uh, Pastor Dustin a few weeks ago talked about how inspire means breathe or breathe on. So all Scripture is God-breathed or inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. We've been in a four-week series about things that we're inspired about. We're inspired to reach wide in our community, in our world. We're we're inspired to 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 grow deep together. We're inspired to unleash compassion. And next week, we'll, we're inspired to raise up the next generation. You guys are an awesome church. You you realize the value and the importance of raising up the next generation of Christ's followers. Today is about unleashing compassion. I have a question for us today, though. Does it matter? Does compassion matter? And you may be thinking, well that's a stupid question. Well it's not the first dumb question I've asked before, but it's not a dumb question. Does it really matter? It's kind of like we have church answers. Uh, it's like the, the Sunday school teacher was teaching the little kids, little, some first and second graders, and she was trying to get them participate. And So she described something to get their feedback, and she was like, hey guys, what what is brown, small, has a bushy tail it buries nuts in the winter it eats nuts what do you call that and everyone was for whatever reason afraid to answer one little boy raised his hand and he said Jesus when we're in church sometimes we think of the church answers and 99% of the time when you're in the church the answer is Jesus today when I say does compassion matter I mean we we know that that's the church answer yeah, of course. No one's against compassion. There's no one in here today is going, "You know, you're going to have to convince me on this one, pastor. I'm just not really into compassion." No, no one's against compassion. We're more compassionate than others, but why does it matter? How does it matter? Well, a couple things if you're following in your notes today. First, compassion matters because we would be sunk without it. We'd be toast without the compassion of Christ. the the psalmist David after committing adultery with Bathsheba and murder against uh, her, her husband said have mercy on me O God according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin thank God for his compassion Thank God for the compassion. If if David, an, an adulterer and murderer, can be a man after God's own heart, we have hope. We thank God for the compassion. Thank, Je- thank you, Jesus, for your compassion that cleanses us of our sins and, and does away with our transgressions and throws our sin as far as the east is from the west and chooses to remember them no more when we surrender our lives to Christ. Thank God for that this morning. Uh, compassion in Latin is compati, which means to suffer with. I did not take Latin. I just Googled that if you wanted to know where I received my research. Compassion is Latin, compati, which means to suffer with and that's what Jesus did for us he suffered with us he took on our humanity in every single way he took on what was not fair it wasn't his sin it was our sin that put him on the cross he suffered for our shame and our brokenness and he took our place and he suffered with us on the cross compassion matters because That is when we're most like Jesus. We're never as much as we are like Jesus than when we take on his attributes, and his compassion is one of his attributes. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, God, forgave you. We're never more like Jesus than when we forgive. We all have stories, and every one of us have people in our lives that doesn't on our account or our estimation doesn't deserve to be forgiven they don't deserve our forgiveness but that's the point we don't deserve god's forgiveness but he gives it to us freely he says forgive and it's one of the hardest things to do is to forgive others but jesus said freely i've you know he's forgiven us and freely we receive freely give be kind be compassionate we're never as much like jesus as when we show compassion but does it matter does it make a difference? Dr. Stephen Trzesic, I can't even say it well, but I was watching a, um, oh, one of those 15-minute TED Talks, which is my attention span. It's perfect. Um, we were watching a, a, I was watching a TED Talk uh, uh, recently, and he did this Uh, thesis or study and I'm going to regurgitate a little bit of because I think it's applicable to our church today and who we are in this subject of compassion and he was talking about uh, from a Harvard study and a John Hopkins study he was talking about this uh, he's an intensive care doctor by the way and he brought up this uh, premise this is the whole premises that we have a compassion crisis that we have a compassion crisis in our, in our world. And specifically, his study was on his uh, medical community. And th- the study from um, Harvard and John Hopkins was two buses that collided in Sweden. And these two buses, I would show you the pictures of them today. Uh, I would have shared them, but Pastor Dustin is still on vacation. He'll be back tomorrow. I'm thankful for that because I know you guys are going to feel really sorry for me. But I had to put in all my own notes this week. Linda was on vacation this week. I had to do all my own notes. I mean, it's been a tough week this week. I'm ready for them to be back. But I would show you pictures. But what I can describe to you is one of those buses was obliterated. It was wiped out. I mean, there was no bus. It was amazing. And it's tragic of any loss of life. And there was six that died. And it's tragic that there's any loss of life. But what I saw, it's amazing that 56 survived. And these 56 were injured, went to the hospital, and they were asked this question. What did they remember? And they remembered two things. One, the initial pain that they felt. And secondly, the lack of compassion from the health professionals. Now, I just want to make it very clear. I'm not here berating and putting down health professionals. My doctor's in the house today, okay? So that'd be dumb for me to do that. Uh, we have some wonderful health care professionals. I'm so thankful through all the things going through COVID, all that stuff. But this is just a study, and it's for emphasis for our purposes today, where we're going. The lack of compassion from health professionals. Scientists define compassion as an emotional response to an- another's pain or suffering involving an authentic, desire to help it's different than sympathy or empathy in that sympathy and empathy are the feeling components they're the understanding components compassion goes a step further compassion takes action compassion is active it it does something it can't help itself it's got to do something it's, it's got to see that situation and not just empathize not just sympathize but compassion is a call to action the problem in this study was the other part of it was is these healthcare providers were experiencing incredible burnout and it was an epidemic of burnout and that burnout led to a deep personalization which simply means that they had an inability co- to connect with their patients on a deep level and it caused some problems. And so they begin to ask the question in the study, does compassion matter? Or can a doctor just do his job? I see Brandon's parents here today too. So, I mean, this is not an indictment on doctors. Um, can a doctor just do his job? Can they just prescribe medicine? And just say, hey, this is what you need. Take this, go home, take two in the morning. Or can they just do the tactical responsibilities of the job without compassion do, do we really need it or is it just like doctor give me some drugs I just need some drugs it's all I need and go on your way but of course there was dramatic results when it was shared with compassion they noticed that patients actually began to care if the doctor cared they cared about their self care and they were more likely to do what the doctor instructed them to do if they knew if the doctor cares about me I should care about me uh, even things like the common cold it was showing that there was compassion shared which when you get a common cold I mean a doctor just wants to say really are you coming in for this seriously I mean I would be I'd say go home grow up pull up your pants I mean I don't whatever you'd say I'm going to get myself in trouble I say any more adjectives or words but it, i it's, is it necessary But even with the common cold, they found that the severity and the length was lessened and less severe if there was compassion. There was less medical errors if they had compassion. There was greater care by the doctors uh, because if if they cared, then they gave greater attention to what was happening. And there was great results, and not only great results for them, but as we're going to see for themselves. The problem is they saw the need in this study They're like we see the need we know that it's important we just don't have time we're living in a world where we're just so on get there get in get out when Heather sends me to the grocery store to get something it's like get it get out you just want to get in get and and go If, if it's to go to get something to eat get it and get out go through drive through get out of there it's just get it and get it done just do the job but the, the, the thing in the study Was saying their, their lack of time They realized this was important That compassion is important But they said we just, we just don't have time Time is money 56% of the doctors in this study Healthcare professionals said We just don't have time We realize it's important We just don't have time So the question came up in this study How long does it take To have a meaningful expression Of compassion How long does it take What, what needs to happen Um, And they did this study from John Hopkins with cancer patients and their oncologists, specifically with the initial consultation with the oncologist and with the cancer patient. And what they did was in this test trial, they had these physicians, they came up with a statement and not just to be wrote, but to they, they wanted to be a part. They wanted to see. And so they began to share this compassion by all of these doctors that participated in this study. They had the exact same script. The initial consultation. And if, if you're a cancer patient like my mother-in-law is, or you know someone with cancer, which we all do, you've experienced uh, that, you know that anxiety is a measurable effect of that study. You know that that's the main thing that they're studying. And so they were saying, how long does it take to have a meaningful expression of compassion? Passion. this was the script these doctors were given i know this is a tough experience for you and i want you to know that i'm here with you some of the things i say to you today may be difficult for you to understand so i want you to feel comfortable in stopping me if there's something i say that's confusing or doesn't make sense we are here together And we will go through this together. I know that this is a tough time for you. And I want to emphasize again that we are in this together. I will be with you each step along the way. And the study was simply this. How long did that take? About 40 seconds. 40 seconds to show compassion. And they said this 40 seconds of intentional compassion yielded great results, not just for the patient, not just for the receiver, but for the giver, for the physicians themselves. They they began to have a better handle on dealing with their own negative emotions, even for personal things going on in their own life, because compassion for others helps you forget about yourself. When we're compassionate towards other people, and we're, when we show compassion and true concern for others and want to do something, want to be a part of helping them, it helps us forget about the stuff that's in our mind. We all have stuff in our lives. All of us have stuff. No one here in this room is, comes in here and goes, I just have nothing. I mean, maybe you're in a season you have nothing, but you'll be in another season, you'll have something. All of us have something, but compassion for others helps you forget about yourself. And what was great about this study was he talked about the, the 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 treatment right now the for burnout for doctors or the healthcare industry. He says really it, it's what he calls escapism. You just you got to get away, you got to detach, you you got to get away from it. And, and it's not that that's all bad, but what this study found was he said actually rather than walk away from it come closer to it instead of less compassion and connection more compassion and connection instead of uh, walking away and backing away to lean in and to lean towards and I thought this is so much the same thing in the church especially post-covid we've all seen people that you know back away we I mean the one of the the things that we as a and I have a great pastoral team and staff but we would not be anything we would have not we would not have a church without the great people of the church the church is all of us together and serving and one of the things coming out of post-covid that's getting stronger and just getting better but it's still difficult by the way just a little plug on this we need people to man a Bounce houses and inflatables for trick or treat little small commercial on this but it's less people are they're kind of less engaged in serving they're stepping back or they're stepping back I mean they're, they're busy they have things we get it and it's things going on in their lives there's certainly we all have friends and people that have kind of walked away from the church during COVID instead of leaning into the church and so it happens with all of us. There's sometimes there's a burnout and there's also some incredible great things. And I I can always kind of get myself in trouble if I start to mention names in our church because there's so many awesome and great people doing so many awesome and great things. I'm never in trouble when I use someone as an example from one of my previous churches. But when I use here, it's like, well, yeah, I'm doing that. This isn't meant to leave anyone out, but Pastor Christie, our children's pastor, and I were talking about this last week, about just some incredible people and we had a whole list but because their names are both in the same letter of the alphabet I'm using them. The Neals and the Nichols. The Neals and the Nichols. Two guys coach of the ladies basketball team in McPherson, coach of Bueller assistant football, head baseball coach at Bueller their wives are busy, their kids are all in sports, they all have things to do. They don't lack for, they're not like hey give me something else to do because I just don't have enough going on in my life. That's not their situation. But we're just like how incredible is it that they're making an impact on our fourth and fifth graders on Wednesday nights and our second graders on Sunday morning and how they engage in, in the life of the community of our church, not because they need something else to do, but because compassion for others helps us forget about ourselves. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You ever notice that when you do something for someone else, it actually recharges your batteries? you get recharged when you when you have compassion on others it actually recharges your spiritual batteries and your emotional batteries so why should we unleash compassion i mean if compassion recharges our batteries why wouldn't we unleash compassion those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed so how do we unleash compassion i want to share this morning from two verses from the life of jesus as soon as Jesus heard the news, uh, in the previous chapter, it tells the news of what had just happened. Jesus' good friend, the, the one that paved the way for him, the one that went before him and made the path straight for him to begin his ministry, the one that baptized him, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. He had just been martyred. And his first reaction is our natural reaction. He left in a boat to a remote area, to be alone. Jesus is devastated. He's hurting. He's lost his friend. He's lost a partner in ministry and actually probably the one who only won at that point that really understands who he is and gets who he is. But the crowds. We want to get away. We all have things in our life. We all have stuff happening. We all got things going on but there's a but oftentimes and oftentimes we try to run from those things but notice jesus but the crowds heard where he was headed followed, and followed him from many towns jesus saw the huge crowds as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick four things that jesus did in this moment first is he allowed for interruptions i mean he was going away to be alone a natural reaction but he didn't say, get out, go away, I don't have time for you. He's hurting himself, but he says, I, he had compassion on them. And he allowed interruptions. And, and if we're going to follow the example of Jesus, we need to allow for interruptions. And I'm terrible at this. I like, you heard me, I like to get from A to B. I like to just get it done, do it, do my job check my box, I'm a check, anybody a check box list guy? Pastor Aaron and I are the check box guys on our list, I mean I, I feel good, when I get down, if I can get down in the end of the week and my boxes are checked I mean it's been a great week if I can check boxes, I like to check boxes but sometimes we don't get those boxes checked if we're going to allow for interruptions 40 seconds can make a big difference 40 seconds of just slowing down, not going in. And the second thing is, open up your eyes to the people around you. Jesus saw. You have to see. We have to see. I was having a, Thursday. I had this craving. Sometimes I get cravings. A lot of times it's for sugar. It's for donuts. It's for cake. It's for cookies. I had a craving for Taco Hut on Thursday And I was like I gotta get to Taco Hut No one on the staff wanted to join me And plus they don't like I shouldn't say that Because Taco Hut's the best place in the world um, But some people we all have our opinions They don't care for it as much Anyway I had no one to go with me to Taco Hut So I was like I'm just gonna go by myself Because I want Taco Hut And I showed up and there uh, right when I came It was Gene Elliott He's a senior adult in our church He's a young senior adult in his early 80's Mid 80's somewhere in there and, uh, and his daughter-in-law and son-in-law were getting ready to join them, uh, Kevin and Jody Bowen. And they invited me to sit with them. And I was like, yeah, that would be great. And they even paid for my meal, three tacos, and a Diet Dr. Pepper. And so I was like, man, free lunch. Pastors love free lunches. I'm just going to go on the record with that. And so anyway, um, they, they, uh, they invited me to their table. And Gene starts talking about the restaurant he was at recently. And he goes, man, our world is just going to pot things are just changing he goes i was in a restaurant the other day i look at a couple families there's a family of four and they're they're all together sitting down for dinner and they're all just in their phones looking at the phones no one's talking to each other gene you're in the second service i asked for permission no i didn't for forgiveness not for permission to share the story gene's like this it's just sad it's a sad commentary and i'm like i'm like huh That might be our last lunch. That might be our last lunch. So I I sat there and I was like, just agreeing with them. I was like, man, that is sad. It's a really sad indictment on our culture and the place that we live. And I walked away from that lunch and I was like, we've done that many times. (laughs) The Petersons, all four of us have been in our phones, but I didn't have the guts to tell Gene we've been those people we've done those things we've been at our home and our we're all sitting around the couch at Christmas and we can't wait for our girls to come home and see them at Thanksgiving and boom we sat down and we're like we're addicted to these things there's a problem with them I got a problem with them. I'm not afraid to tell you I have problems but Jesus saw he, he didn't have his head and if we would pick this up less, do it less. One of my pa- one of my friends told me about his pastor in South Dakota, who since February, it's a young pastor in his 30s, and he's given up his social media. He's given up this. He's he's gone from six, seven hours a day in this to one hour a day in the phone. I thought, man, that's a good that's a good challenge. I'm I'm recognizing these things are hard, but we can't see anything if our eyes aren't open. And we walk into a store. We sit in the line. We look at our phone. We we go. Or I, I'm just to say I. I'm not going to say you. I go into places. I go to get my tires changed. Or I go into the, a place to get something fixed. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm 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 lost in some news or reading about the Denver Broncos. who are such losers. And Jesus saw the huge crowd. He saw them. Allow for interruptions. Open your eyes to the people around you, and then have compassion allow yourself to slow down enough to feel what someone else feels and then lastly he said and he healed them I didn't put he healed them at this point because I thought everyone's going to check out if I said hey and go out and heal people okay just get it we believe in the divine healing we're praying for my mother-in-law we anointed her yesterday we believe that God heals Uh, I'm not making light of that but he doesn't always heal on this earth sometimes it's he always heals but sometimes the answer is heaven So we know that we're not Jesus and we can't just touch everyone and everyone's healed but we can do something we may not be able to heal like Jesus, but we can do something. Peter and John were walking around, and they came across an invalid that was holding up a sign, asking for money, and Peter said to this, uh, uh, this beggar, he said, silver and gold have I not, but what I do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the guy picked up his mat, and he walked. I I wish we could do that I mean so we can't heal everyone Peter and John but the point is Peter and John are like we don't have any money buddy we don't have any money but what we do have we give you what we do have we offer you and friends we don't have everything that's going to fix everyone's need Randy our our uh, maintenance here at church Everything gets better around here because of Randy uh, Did you like our new welcome area in there That's, that's Caitlin's design Randy Sweat So Caitlin Conrad's uh, design Randy Sweat um, He just makes everything better around here He was in Atwoods because that's what people who build stuff and fix stuff I don't even know my left or my right in Atwoods uh, he, he was in there And he was overhearing a conversation from A lady with four children And just stuff going on In her life and he just reached her, turned around and said you doing okay and she just began to share and kind of unload and honestly there wasn't a lot of things Randy could do to fix the situation but what he did do is he listened and what he did do is he said can I be praying for you and she said yes I would love it if you would be praying for me there's something that we can do there's something that we can offer that there's something that we have we may not have what they need but what we do have or what god's given us god's not going to ask you to give you what you don't have to, to give of something you can't do he's going to he's just asking you do what you can do what do you have that you can give what do you have that you can do i i uh, was practicing this message um last night i was by myself no one was around and uh, we had gotten back uh, late from Kansas City yesterday from Heather's mom's, and uh, so Heather sent me a text and she said, "Hey, I uh, I was thinking maybe we could do um, uh, firehouse subs." I was like, "That sounds good." You order it, I'll pick it up. So she ordered it, I picked it up. I just kind of finished practicing here a little bit, and I went and picked it up. And I went in, and my message came to my mind. I mean, let's be honest: half the time it's noon on Sunday, you've already forgotten the message. It's a very humbling experience. But sometimes there's things you remember. I forget my own messages. And so I went into the I went in there and I was thinking I was picking up the food, paying for it, and it's like, "Well, dummy, this is a good time for you to practice this." And so what I'm asking you to do is to do what I tried last night is 40 days, 40 seconds challenge. Starting today would be November 30th. 30th would be the 40th day a 40 day 40 second challenge allow for interruptions open your eyes to the people around you maybe instead of going into the grocery store with this in your hand put it in your pocket maybe instead of going to get your oil changed instead of sitting down it with and, and read it maybe put it in your pocket maybe just awkwardly stare at some people um, while they're sitting there looking at their phones open up your eyes to the people around you have compassion and then then do something can I just offer a one suggestion of to do something? I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. There's power in a, in a text. There's power in a note. There's power in picking up the phone. But something that we can do for anybody is ask two questions How's your day going? And is there anything I can be praying with you about? Randy Cundy, you're my inspiration for this. How's your day going? And is there anything I can be praying for you about? So last night, I was at the counter, and I just said, how's your day going? And she's like, it's, it's okay. And I said, that didn't sound very resounding, confident, yes. And she goes, well, it's been a struggle. And I said, uh, I'm sorry to hear that she said yeah and she went back and told me some things in an accident in her childhood and I don't want to give away her name I don't have her permission in those things but she went way back told me some things that had happened and uh, shared with me about her tattoo on her arm and what that meant and we just began to share and at the end of that I felt comfortable enough now all of her coworkers were listening so I didn't have the guts right then and there I'm just being a chicken I didn't say can I pray for you right then and there in that moment I just look at all of them just kind of look at us and I just said, hey, can I be praying for you? Can my wife and I be praying for you? I see your name here. Can I call her by name? I said, can I be praying for you? She said, I would love it if you, my family's been praying for me. And uh, I, w- I could take more, I would use more prayer. Just something simple that we would do something for the next 40 days. If we'd say, how you doing? And is there anything I can pray for? You know, Read the room. I mean, if, if they start sharing that things are going rough or whatever like that and you ask to pray for you and they say no, of course you back away. Or if they say yes, that's great. Or if they're like, hey, you know what, I just got a job promotion this week. My kid won his football game and my wife, um, she's pregnant. Um, well, that wouldn't be a good example because we'd need to pray for that probably because, I mean, there's just a lot of responsibility. But just say it's all good news. The next thing out of your mouth shouldn't be, well, is there anything bad going on? I'd like to pray for you. I mean, just read the room. If things are going great, say that's awesome, great job. But there'll be times cuz we all have stuff. There'll be times that they'll open up. What if what if all of us did that in first and second service for the next 40 days? What if just 50% of us for the next 40 days allowed for interruptions in our life? Maybe started our day with prayer and said, "God, today's your day. Bring some interruptions my way and give me the words to say." And it doesn't have to be complicated compassion is just showing that you care it's taking a moment to feel what they're feeling and engaging in the world for just a moment what if only 20 of us did this what if just 20 of us did this for the next 40 days how God would work in our lives and bring about some great things that he wants to do to unleash compassion in our world I love Mother Teresa's quote that says I don't do great things I do small things with great love small things done with great love will change the world. A text, a phone call, a letter, a note, taking time to drive across town and Deliver something, uh, some goodies to someone going through something. Uh, or just watch Heather's neighbors. They don't go to church anywhere, anything like that. They brought a whole pan of cinnamon rolls over to her sister's house because they knew what her mother was battling. What if just those small things, something small, cook something, do something? I don't do great things. I do small things with great love. Small things done with great love will change the world. What about a dollar thirty-three a day? it Could change the world. You may be thinking, you can't, you can't get an ice cream cone at McDonald's anymore for $1.33. When I was in college, I could get two bean burritos for about $1.33. You can't get a bean burrito at Taco Bell anymore for $1.33. There's nothing you can get for $1.33. But we can change the world, and many of you are. 104 kids' lives are being changed in this church right now in Rio Bamba, Ecuador, because of your 40 days a month. We have 104 kids sponsored. There's 105 currently available. $40 a month or $1.33 a day would change a life, would take a child out of poverty, help them learn to read, write, and hear the good news of Jesus Christ, have their stomachs filled. It begins to change their families. I've been to a couple compassion projects in Kenya. I've seen how, how this works on the ground and something I've been saying that exciting that I want to share with you today is we do now have a trip booked next year in December fifteenth to Rio Bamba, Ecuador, the twentieth to Riobamba, Ecuador, to Iglesia del Nazareno with Pastor Mario Paredes with Compassion International and the Church of the Nazarene. We're going to take we're going to take some of us here, and we're going to go, and we're going to experience something that I have watched others experience the times that I went to Kenya uh, my kids were from Haiti Heather and I, we, we got hooked on Compassion International back in 2007 at a, at a conference, and a concert and uh, we've had a couple kids graduate from the program currently we have three kids, two from Rio Bamba and one from Haiti and the reason I love this idea is because when I went to Kenya I got to watch some other people meet their actual kids who they sponsored it was awesome I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it it was awesome to see that interaction compassion sponsor and compassion child meet each other and they've been exchanging letters but now they were meeting face to face because we have our kids are all in one place when we go to our trips and this will be the first of hopefully many over the years when we go to Rio Bamba and you have a compassion kid you're gonna, it's going to be life changing it's amazing to get to meet one of the kids that you sponsor so today out in the lobby in addition to the voting today we have compassion table out there um, there's uh, children that are from Rio Bamba that um, you can look at them we like to pick birth dates that are close to ours um, but you can find a kid many of you I mean you have kids I'm not this isn't a guilt thing to do more this is not a guilt thing to do one this is because you want to not because you have to this is an opportunity to unleash compassion and change a life and change a community and so some of you are new to our church and you weren't aware of this partnership we just want to allow you to get in the game and be a part if you want to or maybe some of you are like man god's blessed us and we'd like to add and take on another kid but i want to encourage you to go out and look at those and even if you don't take one just pray for one something we all can do is we can pray We can pray for those around us. I'm excited. I believe that God wants to do some great things through this church, and I don't believe it's gonna be the big things. I think it's gonna be the small things done with great love, with great compassion. Would you stand with us today? Do you pray with me as you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our compassion can change the world, but the greatest compassion that changes Us and every individual is the one who receives Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today the best decision you could make is to receive the love and compassion of Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life ask him to forgive you of your sins and to be your Savior and your Lord if that be you today and God's speaking to you I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out I'm just going to pray a simple prayer with you today if that's you would you just raise your hand Just raise your hand. Raise it high where I can see it. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Do you pray this just in your heart today? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for my sins. Thank you for your compassion. I receive your love, compassion, and forgiveness now. And I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.